Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church. To find out more about the Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. Uh, We're going to dive into a pretty fun sermon today. You came on the right Sunday. You really did. Um, We're doing kind of a one-off. We're starting a new series next week, a Christmas series. In fact, we've never done this before, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk about the greatest story ever told, so you're going to want to be a part of it. And each week is going to build on top of each other, so it's going to be awesome. But today, we're kind of diving into our Give Hope initiative, and so... I want just to take a few moments and, and talk about what that looks like and uh, what that means for you and, and for me, okay? And, and the reason I, I want to do that is because when we, when my wife and I began to pray about starting the Movement Church, we, for those of you that don't know, we lived in Arizona, we grew up in Dallas, and we moved to Orange County to plant this church, and, and we began dreaming and praying about it, and the reason that we named the church the Movement Church is because we've grown up in church our whole life, and we wanted to belong to something that was more than a church, but was a movement. In fact, those are some statements we don't even say as much anymore because we've kind of just made them so often in the beginning we've lost sight of or forgotten that, but that's what you are here to be a part of because for every single one of us in this room, church has a different connotation. In fact, you and I have a blueprint. All of us in this room have a blueprint for what the word church means to you. For some of you, it was a stagnant place that you might have gone to with a grandmother or an aunt or an uncle. Maybe it was a church that you went to and you stood up and sat down and then you stood up and you said a verse or you went down forward and if you were really horrible, you had to cross your arms and feel shamed and then if not, you took, it doesn't matter. All of us had different ways that we looked at church. Last night, my wife and I had a conversation inviting someone to church and said, hey, do you go to church? He goes, no. Like, whoa, man. He had a blueprint for a church, doesn't he? My mom dragged me there every Sunday, and I hated it. You know, all of us have blueprints. Some of you may have had great experiences. The greatest days of your life are attached to church. But regardless, we wanted to be a part of and belong to something that's so much more than just a church, but a movement. A movement is moving. A movement is strategic. A movement is tactical. A movement is actually advancing and shifting and changing in our heart, in our minds, and then also in our actions. And so as a church, we do things four times a year. If I say four times. Four times a year, and we do this strategically. We call them campaigns. Why? Because we want to remind us, all of us in this room, that we're a, more, a, part, a part of something more than a church. We're a part of a movement. So instead of just coming to church and sitting down and leaving at the end of the Sunday, we're actually a part of something that's making a difference. And today I'm going to unpack what that looks like. And I just want to give you a spoiler alert. Today at the end of the service, we're going to give every one of us an opportunity to give in an initiative called Give Hope to Impact Children in Our World. So just a spoiler alert. So everybody take a deep breath. I'm going to talk about that for a moment. Let me pull back the curtains, though, about these initiatives so you know. It's strategic. Everything we do is strategic. We don't do things by tradition. We do things by intention. So four times a year, we do these campaigns. The first one of the year is called Easter. Everybody say Easter crazy thing people who don't normally come to church come to church on Easter so every year Easter we invite all of us to reach into my world 
You have a world that you belong to. It's your coworkers and your neighborhood and your Starbucks and your grocery stores and the pickup line for your kids and the places where your kids play sports or where you go to college or where you go to high school. That's your world. And we challenge you, hey, bring your friends to Easter and we're going to preach the gospel message. The second campaign we do is in the summer. It's called Serve Day. Everybody say Serve Day. So Easter is about reaching into my world and Serve Day is about reaching into our world. And we come alongside and remind people here locally, hey, we want to impact our community. And we go in different areas, different initiatives all over Orange County and just serve the community. We serve, feed the homeless. We go down to Camp Pendleton and do some really cool things down there. And we drive around to the first responders and the, the ER rooms and, and, and hospitals and just say, hey, we love you. And we want you to know we care about you. This past year, we went to nursing homes and took kids. It was amazing, and we were at nursing homes for hours just saying, man, we want you to know we love you. And then the third initiative is our anniversary. And we do a big ramp up, a big party, and we want you to reach back into your world, to my world, invite my friends. And the, the fourth initiative we do every year is called Give Hope. Everybody say, Give Hope. Y'all tracking with me. And you were like, oh, that makes so much sense now. <laughs> Mind-blowing. We just want to remind ourselves that we're a part of a movement and not just a church. So today I want to talk about what that is. Give Hope is not an event. It's an initiative. And look at me in the eyes for a moment. I want to challenge you. Man, make this a lifestyle. I loved watching the Insta stories, especially from our student movement who jumped on board. And if you are not following our student movement, these seven people are, the rest of you are not. And it was so cool to see what they did as far as the Give Hope movement, and I just loved it. It was inspiring for me, and this is not just an event. It's an initiative. I want to read a scripture. I want to pray, and then we're going to dive in. Is that cool? I'm still getting used to this position on the stage. I feel very far from you guys in the middle, but I feel really close to Jeff over here and dark in this zone, but then I get over here, and you can see my face. Is everybody feeling better about it? Okay. So listen, I want to read this scripture. It's going to be our passage for today, and then uh, we'll just dive in. And then again, at the end, I'm going to give you an opportunity to invest in, into giving hope to the kids in our world. So just so you know, spoiler alert, we have no strings attached, we have no hidden agenda, no bait and switch, it's just our heart. So let me read this scripture. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10 through 11. It'll be on the screen behind me so you can read along. Check this out. It says this, the most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant with you. He gives you something you can then give away, which grows into fully formed lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us praise to God. Let's pray. And we'll dive in today. God, we thank you that you're here. We thank you that you're doing something miraculously powerful. We thank you that you care about every detail, every nuance. And God, you, we believe that you orchestrated our lives to be here together in this moment. So Father, we don't want to waste this moment, but we want to see you do something miraculous. So we give you the permission to rearrange the furniture of our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And amen. Well, I want to share a couple of thoughts with you today. I'm going to try to do this quickly. My timer says I have 27 minutes, but I feel good about it. Y'all feel good? Can y'all listen quickly? Because I think I can do this in 25. Is that cool? 
We're going to try to set a record. I heard Pastor Chris Norman killed it last week, but he also preached for 58 minutes. So today, look, I see some of you going, he did. I had lunch plans, and we're like, hey, let's get this show on the road. But it was a great message. So if you didn't catch it, go back and listen to the podcast. Just make sure you have an hour. You need an hour. So I think I can do this in 25 minutes. I want to share a couple thoughts with you if we can do that. Is that cool? Everybody say yes. And by the way, at the Movement Church, it's okay if you talk back. Just don't be rude or, you know, a jerk about it. We say, yeah, it's so good. Pastor Kerry, you look extremely good looking today. Or, man, that's a great word or my wife needs that. All of those are legal, okay? But I want to share a few thoughts, and this is the first one. You can follow along by texting the word notes to the number that we use all the time if you'd like. But the first thought I want to share with you today is simply, is simply this. God gives us the gift of hope. God always gives the gift of hope. I want to unpack the scripture that we just read and, and kind of extrapolate or pull some ideas, some thoughts, or some themes for you and me today but the first thing is this, and please listen, I, I just, as I pray through and prepare for days like today, I just pray, God, would you just give me one thought that at least one person needs? So if you're ever listening to a sermon and all of a sudden God kind of just drops a nugget, you don't have to listen anymore, just take some notes on what God's saying to you. Because I really believe, listen, that the true living God is here and wants to do something miraculous in our life. And you need to know that God gives the gift of hope. He gives the gift of hope. The writer Paul, who was writing to the Corinthians, the passage that we just read, he says this in the beginning of the verse. He says, the most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant with you. Now, this passage was written to an agriculturally driven world. This passage was written to a lot of farmers and, and herdsmen. And, and so that's why he's using the illustration of, of agriculture. And what he's saying is that God gives everything that you need. He gives the gift of hope. God is the one who provides the seed. The farmer plants. The wheat then grows. And then the farmer sells the wheat. And listen, you need to know that God gives you the tools that you need to produce wealth. That is a gift from God. You just thought that you became awesome on your own, but no, no, no. God literally made you awesome. I want you to do me a favor. Everybody right now, grab your cell phone. Pull it out of your pocket, out of your purse quickly. If I don't see you moving, I'm going to come down there and give you a hug right now. Grab your cell phone. Pull it out. And I want you to turn your camera facing you. Everybody get your selfie phone out real quickly. I want you to get your, I can tell who's not moving. I can see you people. Get your selfie out. Turn the camera towards you right now. I, I literally, Lincoln, Rhett, and Rose, you better have your phone up. And I want you to see yourself on there, and I want you to tell yourself right now out loud, say, you are awesome. <laughs> no, don't, no, like you mean it, smile. Say, you are awesome. Now, I want you to take a selfie right now. Everybody, take a picture right now. If you want to have a friend in there, that's fine. And today, I want you to tag this, post this, and here's the hashtag. It's up here for you. Just put, I know, right? I know, right? You need to know. You are awesome. Look, turn to your spouse real quickly and say, you are awesome. Now, wives, turn to your husband and say, I can't do this without you. I know you have to grit your teeth, but say it right now. If you're single, just project it into the ethos. Future spouse, I am awesome and you are awesome. Listen, God made you awesome. I'm telling you, listen, I, this is not some self-help speech, but this is something you need to know. Look at me in the eyes. It is amazing. Every connect group that I'm a part of, every conversation I have, this thing keeps recycling that so many people feel they're not good enough, that they're not valued that they don't have what it takes. You need to know that you're awesome. We used to have this thing uh, 
this statement when I was a kid. I grew up and going to Sunday school. Y'all probably don't know what that is, but we would do church, and then you would go to another hour of Sunday school after church, and church was two hours long. Come on, somebody. And so literally, it was crazy, and they made this little piece of wood, and it had looking the shape of a heart, and it was yellow. It said, I'm me, and I'm awesome because God don't make junk. Oh, I just feel better. You're awesome. Listen, God, God's given you what you need. He's given you what you need to be awesome. He really has. He's given you the tools that you need. You have what you need to be who God created you to be. And then the farmer, what he does is he takes a portion of this wheat. He doesn't just sell it, but he also bakes some bread for his family, right? Why? Because God not only provides the farmer with what he needs to make wealth, but he also provides the farmer with what he needs for sustenance. So God's got everything under control. He made you awesome. He's given you what you need to produce wealth. And he also provides sustenance for you and your family. You know what? This is the heart of God for us. And if you want to see the heart of God for us, it's in the very first line of this passage where it says the most generous God everybody say generous the most generous God what he has done this he gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals and look at this last passage he is more extravagant than you he's more extravagant than you what does that mean that God has even more in store everybody say more in store God gives the gift of hope to us and if that's his heart towards us. Listen, that's his heart for us. The second thought that I have for you is this. God gives us what we need to give the gift of hope. Point number two, God gives us what we need to give the gift of hope. Look at how the verse continues on. It says, the most generous God who gives the seed to the farmer and becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant with you. He gives us something. Look at this. You can then, what does that say? Give away. He gives you something you can then give away. The writer is saying, hey, listen, all that we have, no matter how much or how little you think you have, God has given us an abundance so that we can be generous and grateful. I'm telling you, listen, the writer here is telling us that he always gives us enough to be generous at all times. Let me just pause there for a minute. The, the writer is talking to you and to me, and he's saying that no matter where we're at, no matter what our financial economic status is, God always gives us enough so that we can be generous at all times. Even if you feel like you can't. Even if you feel like the situation, if you only knew my scenario, if you only knew where I was at, if you only knew what I'm walking through, Pastor Kerry, you wouldn't say that. I'm telling you, God always gives us enough so that we can be generous. No matter how desperate we are, no matter how illogical it might seem, no matter how much it defies reason, he always does. Why? Because listen, this is the truth. A blessing is always on the other side of generosity. Always has been and always will be. That's the way that God works. A blessing is always on the other side of generosity. Look at God's promise for you and me found in Proverbs chapter 19. Look at what this says. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord. And he will repay him for his deed. Every time that we become generous to those in need, every time we choose to give hope, we're lending to God. And he's saying, oh, thanks. I got you, bro. I got you. And he always repays. This is the way that God has worked and always will work. And I know you might be thinking, but that just doesn't seem real. And what you may not know is that the writer here, Paul, is writing to the Corinthians. 
And they lived in a city called Corinth. And a few years before this, the Roman Empire came in and they literally destroyed the entire city. Because the Corinthians started a rebellion and an uprising against the Roman Empire. And almost every single citizen was either burned, killed, or sold into slavery. And now, as the years kind of progressed, they decided to, to shift this, the city of Corinth into a mainstream uh, place. That it kind of connected two major metropolises. And so the economic status of this city began to grow. But then the Roman Empire, at the time of this writing, literally exiled all of the Jews that were in Rome to Corinth. He said, get out of here. We don't want you around anymore. And the group, the people group that is predominantly consisted of the recipients of this letters were Jews who had become Christians. So here they are living in a city that had seen turmoil and crisis of epic proportion. And they've been exiled, literally kicked out of the area that they lived in. So they're now living in a city that is not their home. So if you can imagine, they are in survival mode. What do we need to do to keep sanity, to keep safety? Imagine if the government came in to Laguna Niguel or to Tustin or Santa Ana and literally kicked all of you out and made you move to Bakersfield. <laughs> oh, that's too scary. Let's come back. Let's come back. <laughs> if you're from Bakersfield, we, there's another church. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We love you. We love you. We love you. They're in survival mode. I mean, literally. You know, my grandmother, when we used to go visit her, she lived in northern Mississippi in a little city called Pontotoc. You've never heard of it, and that's okay. And when we'd stay there, every night when we'd go to bed, she would go in and unplug this thing, millennials, called a VCR. <laughs> Whoa. We used to watch movies on this massive cassette that would go in. A cassette is this plastic thing that has tape in it. Not tape like sticky tape, but moving on. And she would unplug the VCR every night. And I thought that was so weird. And I asked my mom, why is she doing that? Well, she grew up in the Depression. And every penny counted. And the light on the front of the VCR was consuming energy. And growing up in that environment, she had learned how to live in survival mode. And the residue of that never left. So now Paul is writing to the Corinthians. With this residue of survival mode. And he's saying, hey, there's something to generosity. In fact, the book of Corinthians, the first and the second one, was written to the church because they had stopped listening to the truth of God's word. And they started looking for leaders who would tell them what they wanted to hear. They started applying their own truth to their faith, their own truth to their belief, and stopped listening to the truth of God's word and doing life how they felt was necessary and what they saw fit. If it feels right, it's good. It doesn't matter what other people say as long as it's good for me and for mine. Does that sound like a culture that we live in today? And so when we see this passage just a few thousand years later, it still rings true. And you need to know, God will always give you enough to be generous at all times. At all times. God gives the gift of hope. He gives us what we need to give the gift of hope. And the third point, and I'm doing so good on time. <laughs> we'll text Chris later. He always uses our gift of hope 
to unlock the miraculous for someone else. He always uses our gift of hope to unlock the miraculous for someone else. Look at this passage. Let's read on. The most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant. And he gives you something you can then give away. And look at this which grows into fully formed lives. He gives you something that you can give away, and then he takes what we give away, and it grows into fully formed lives. He takes what we give, and it grows into fully formed lives. Hey, look at me for a moment. You are the recipient of hope on multiple occasions in your life. You're here because people believed in you and encouraged you along the way. Any success that you have seen in your life is because God's given you the tools that you need. And someone at some point came along and said, I believe in you. You can do this. You and I, no matter what our economic background might be, are the recipients of the gift of hope along the lines. And so what God is saying is not only does he want to do something in us to give us the gift of hope, but he wants to do something through us. And he takes our gift and he does the miraculous with it. I want to share a couple of stories with you that I've shared before. But there's this amazing passage in scripture where God reminds us to tell people of the goodness and the faithfulness of God. And let me tell you why. Because it's too easy to rehearse and replay the crisis, the challenge, the frustrating, the discouraging, the hopeless situations. And so sometimes, like David said, one of the writers in the Bible in a key character, he says, today I choose to encourage myself in the Lord. And so I want to encourage us by just sharing a couple of stories that I've shared with you before. But I want you to see how God took the gift of hope and he shifted it and he turned it into the miraculous For someone else, and what the crazy thing is, is some of you are the recipients of that gift of hope. Our church is just a little over five years old. And my wife and I moved to Orange County to start this thing. And we didn't know anybody out here. And we prayed God bring some amazing people. And he did. He also brought some crazy people. They're no longer here. (laughs) He brought some amazing people. And we just kind of started this thing with a great dream in our heart. Big hopes and aspirations. Some of the people I look around this room were here with us day one. Dana and Jeff Henderson got a piece of mail and showed up. And just amazing people in our church. Their amazing son Tanner plays bass and is working in tech. Their daughter's working with our kids. And Ryan and Jessica Ashino who run our Go initiative. And, man, just do amazing things. That, that Literally, they came here because they got invited by a friend. And Joe and Katie Boyd, the greatest children's pastors in the history of the planet, came from a piece of mail. Some of you guys came that year. How many of you came year one? Would you just raise your hand? Look at Crystal Steel, man, like like six months maybe after us. Bath and Body Works, the entire store came to our church and they worked there. It was just crazy to see what God did. And But listen, it was a ragtag bunch. How many of you remember the first? It was a ragtag bunch. I think all of us just got out of prison. It was awesome. And so <clears throat> you just didn't know what was going to happen. And I know this is crazy, but we're a nonprofit organization. <laughs> And so literally we survive. I know this is crazy too, but we had to pay for this building. And all of this stuff was not free. And this was definitely not free. And, uh, and so literally we're like, God, okay, you bring the finances. You do this thing. And, and in the first year, man, we were all in. And all of us just going and do whatever we could take. But it just wasn't always the finances weren't always there. And I'll never forget there was a time when we were $6,500 short for the month. 
It's a lot. It was rent and a few other things for our theater at the Kaleidoscope that smelled like must in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I just got a gross taste in my mouth. $6,500 short. And we did everything we knew to do. Uh, I think Joe and Katie are about to sell Lincoln, but we're like, don't do that. Let's wait. And we just prayed, God, you do a miracle. I'll never forgive, man. I get teary out every stinking time. We get this random check for $6,800. And we didn't know who sent the check. And we're like, who is this? We searched our database. We, I know some of you heard this story, but I'm going to probably tell this for the next 40 years of my life. And we Google searched and like did a background. If only I had his social because I would have found him. And it took us like an hour and a half of just straight searching. And we found out there's this guy who lived in North Carolina. And I just found this random email on LinkedIn. I had to create an account because I didn't have a LinkedIn account. And I emailed him and said, I don't, I don't know who you are. But you sent our church a check in the midnight hour and we were able to pay rent. He said, he said, you know what? My son was a Marine at Camp Pendleton. And he came to your church and he gave his life to the Lord. And he told me the story and I thought, I'm just going to send them a check. He had no clue what was happening. Look at me. You are a recipient of that gift of hope. You are. To this day, over a thousand people have said yes to Jesus. That's a recipient of the gift of hope. God always takes what we give and he does the miraculous with it. And you might be thinking, $6,800, there's no way I could possibly do that. I mean, listen, I, you don't understand. I'm, I'm not talking about dollar amounts. I'm talking about an attitude of generosity. I've told this story before, but I haven't told the full part, portion. There was a season I was like 11, 12 years old, and my family experienced some grave poverty as we grew up. I'm talking extreme poverty. And I, I know I've shared this before. I haven't shared the whole story. And, and there was a, a, a moment where our, our family, five of the seven kids in one car, a 1984 Oldsmobile Delta 88, it was like a boat about the length of this stage and blue with the white soft top and had this little back window that you could do and push it open. Anyone remember those windows? Okay, millennials don't even know about manual windows. So anyways, it was, we were in the, in the car, all of our belongings were in the trunk and we're in this de decrepit, broken down, abandoned supermarket kind of store and, and my mom and dad didn't know where to stay. We had been evicted three weeks prior and we had stayed at a hotel the funds had run up and we didn't have a place to go my dad and mom were diligent at work and they had multiple jobs so it wasn't because they were being frivolous or irresponsible but here we are sitting in a car he'd hit hard times and we were just there going i don't know where we're going to go and i remember having a conversation with god in the in the, in the innocence of an 11 year old mind and i said god i could be angry with you right now but i'm just going to choose i'm always going to trust you no matter what I'm telling you, it was a real conversation. And I was just so, like, awkward and cringed out. We didn't know where to go. We were just, it was a depressing state. And I said, hey, I just can't get out of the car for a minute. I, I've got uh, some quarters. I'm going to go to the payphone. Anybody remember payphones? This is like a walk down memory lane. And so I went to the payphone, and I called my best friend, Chris, who's here today. And I said, dude, I don't know where we're going to stay tonight. I don't 
of you might have heard that part of the story, but what you don't know is that Chris put the phone down and ran and got his mom and said, they don't know where they're going to stay. And his mom said, tell him to come here. And we lived with him for three months until we got back on our feet again. So you don't, you've not heard that part of the story. It was the greatest days of our life, living together as best friends. I'm sure his mom hated it. My parents had kids like rabbits, and so it was crazy. But that's a gift of hope. And what he didn't know is that just a few minutes earlier, I prayed, God, I'm going to choose to trust you no matter what. And so God, on the other side of that trust, said, hey, wait, I still got you covered. And I'm telling you, that moment was a defining moment for me and literally a catalyst for faith that helped us launch this church. Because I just remember back to that time, but I chose, God, I'm going to trust you. So it doesn't matter what it is. God always gives us what we need to be generous, to give the gift of hope. To give the gift of hope. And today we're going to give you an opportunity to do just that, but not yet. No bait and switch. I told you it's coming, so don't get mad at me. But before I do that, I just want to close our service like we always do. And I just want just honesty with the, the nice, peaceful lights, no Costco lights, and everybody's heads up and all eyes open. How many of you would just go, man, I'd like to be a part of giving the gift of hope. Would you just raise your hand? This isn't a commitment to give. It's just, okay, good. I want to pray for us. And here's how I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that God would, in, would enlarge our faith and create opportunities to give hope, not just on a Sunday, but as a lifestyle. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes as we pray? God, we thank you that you're here. I pray you do something miraculous in our life. All of us have different experiences, different nuances, different crises, different challenge. And God, there's been times where we had a hard time having faith and believing. And can we really be a part of giving a miraculous gift? But God, the great part is we just need to be obedient. And then you take the gift and you make it miraculous so God I pray you'd enlarge our faith our heart and our hope for the future create opportunities for us not just in a moment on a Sunday but God in our life that this would be more than a church but it really would be a movement an initiative of hope to make a difference in the lives of people in our world in Jesus name I pray amen hey before we go any further if you've been with us for more than one week, you know I do this every week. If you're with us for the first time, man, I just want you to know I want to give everybody in a chance here to receive the greatest gift of hope. That's not church membership. It's not these amazingly comfortable seats. Y'all feel, y'all have better smiles today. I can see the smiles on your faces. It's the gift of a relationship with Jesus. You want to experience the greatest life that you may have never lived, it's on the other side of saying yes to who Jesus is. And listen, I'm talking about right here, look at me for a moment. I'm talking about a moment where we just say, okay, God, today I'm choosing to let you be in control. Some of you may have been trying on your own, and it's time to start that today. Some of you have been just, you've been messing with your purpose and your destiny. Today's the day to say yes to Jesus. Some of you may have prayed a prayer like we're going to pray in a moment, but you've been running from God, and today's the day to come running back and just say yes to Jesus. But here's one of the challenge. If you're here and you've never begun that relationship, or it's time to start it over for the first time in a long time, in a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. And I want to challenge you right where you're at to have a holy moment with God. 
and just repeat this prayer after me in the quietness of your own heart or a whisper. And let's start this journey today and see God do the miraculous in our life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Nobody looking around. If you're here and you've never prayed this prayer, or today you need to pray it again for the first time in a long time, right where you're seated, I want to challenge you. Just pray this with me. Just say, dear God, I know that you're real. And I know that you love me. You've given me purpose. Today, God, I just acknowledge I'm not perfect. Would you forgive me? And make this statement your own to say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Can we give God a hand clap? Megan, why don't you join me on this stage? Are you guys ready? We've been talking about it all morning. I want to challenge you. We're going to give you an opportunity to invest and give hope. Now, let me tell you a couple things. Today, our Give Hope offering is different than our regular tithes and offerings. So the Bible instructs us, for those of you that call the Movement Church home, let me talk to you for a moment. The Bible talks about us bringing 10% of our income, and we bring that and return it to God. But then there's a thing called an offering. That's over and above that 10%. So I want to challenge you, if you're here today and you're planning on or praying about giving in our Give Hope offering, then I want to challenge you to separate those two out. In fact, we have two different envelopes. We've got one for our regular ties. And you can give online, by the way, and you can designate it on our mobile app, online through our push pay. You can text the word, I believe, give. I think you can text Carrie's awesome. And there's some other, I don't know what we can, there's so many text prompts, but that's for regular. And this is for the Give Hope offering. So some people, if you're like me and my wife, we give online. So in a moment, we're going to give you a chance to just pray and see what God's going to do. And let me just tell you what's going to happen with this. So the Give Hope offering is going to go in three different directions. So first, we're going to do stuff here locally. Why don't you talk about that for a moment? One of our favorite things to do is to reach out into our community and find out about families and children that might not get to celebrate Christmas. And so we are in contact with some of our local schools and working with the the different counselors on site at those schools to identify kids that we as a church can provide Christmas for. And so what I love is that uh, Brian and Jessica, she or coordinating and building a team of people who are going to go out. If you'd like to be a part of this, you could talk with them afterwards. But listen, they're going to go out and they're going to go shopping and they're going to buy Christmas gifts. And we're going to take... Thanks. We're going to take those Christmas gifts and we're going to give them to the parents or to the guardians of those kids and allow them to wrap them up and make Christmas morning extremely special for those children. And so we want to do this in our community because we can yeah. Just because we can. And so we're going to make Christmas specials for some kids around here. Yeah, and it's actually kind of crazy to go into what seems like an extremely affluent area in South Orange County and still realize there's extreme poverty. Yeah. So don't be blinded by the affluence that you see. It's here and we get to make a difference. The other area we're going to give is we're going to invest everything that we possibly can into making our experience for kids at the Movement Church that much better. And I'll tell you why. My life and her life was radically changed at kids' church. Absolutely. Literally, her parents were my children's pastors, if that's it's crazy kind of to funny. believe. She's also about five oh or six years gosh. older than me, but that's another conversation. That's a lie. And so He's lying at church. We want to invest into our kids, into your kids, and so it's going to be pretty exciting. And then the third area, what are we going to do? Tell them. 
The third area, we have a feeding site in Swaziland, South Africa. And, and so the thing that we're going to do, and this is so much fun, we'll have pictures to show you, but we're throwing a huge Christmas party for all of the children who are at our feeding site. How many do we feed each week? It's between about 400, but sometimes it's like 375, sometimes it's 450. You just and they never tell know. us when we throw the Christmas parties, every kid in the surrounding <laughs> area shows up. But we're providing a Christmas gift for every one of those kids, a huge party that they will never like forget. Five or six inflatables. Our building is completed now, which is pretty awesome. Come on. I've got pictures still coming. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. So we're super excited and we'll show you the pictures as soon as we get the pictures from that Christmas party. I love seeing these kids' faces. Usually they do face paint and they're all painted up with Santa hats on and it's just adorable. So I can't wait to show you. So every dollar you give is going to go to investing into giving hope to kids. And I can't think of a better place to invest our resources than into the lives of children. Now look at me for a moment. Let me just be practical. Some of you in here, you can only do a couple bucks, maybe 10 or 15 or 50 or 100. Some of you can do several hundred and some of you can do thousands. What we will never ask is for you to give. We're gonna only ask that you would pray and say, God, what would you have me do? And then just be obedient. And maybe you didn't come prepared and you wanna actually talk it through. We're gonna give people a chance next week as well at the end of our service. So if you wanna wait and talk it through with your spouse or go and you know make sure you can handle whatever it is. But listen, here's what I wanna challenge you. Let's just trust that God's gonna do something awesome through this. He's gonna take that gift and do the miraculous. And that listen, if things are tight, that a blessing is on the other side of our generosity. So here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. Everybody bow your heads and close your eyes. Just take a moment right where you're at. And just in the stillness of your own heart, just say, God, what would you have me do? What would you have us do? God, we thank you for the opportunity to give the gift of hope. I pray that this year we'd be able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine. That we can bless more kids, inspire more children, and that you'll take our gift and do the miraculous. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. 